All right, what is up, guys? It is episode five here at the Great Sports Card Pod. I'm Logan, Great Sports Cards, and I am with Joe at Joe's Card Shack on IG. Um, how are you doing today, Joe? I'm great. Um, I w- Normally, this is when I would ask you, how was something, but you had a week off. I did, luckily enough, uh, but uh, that doesn't mean the grind stopped. I can promise you that. I know that. I know you never stop working. Yeah. To the downfall sometimes, but it's okay. So a random paper boy uh, a long time ago saved a piece of newspaper that he paid one cent for and now has turned that into a $7 million Babe Ruth SGC3. Holy smokes. So shout out to uh, Slab Stocks on Instagram. They post a lot of hobby uh, news and information. I happen to come across that on my feed, and I could not not talk about that on this podcast. So it yeah, was that's, a... Go that's ahead. absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. Was a 1914 Baltimore News Babe Ruth SGC3. That's crazy. Hey, I'll take it. You know, that's a lot better than uh, mine from this week. So. so as a lot of people know, uh, Donruss is my favorite product, and it has been very, very kind to me this year. Um, if you guys follow me on IG, you know I hit uh, Hinden Hooker 101. I hit Josh Allen on-card jersey number breakers auto. Hit Jalen Carter Gold Auto. Um, I went to Card Collector 2 and actually hit this out of a personal box. This is the rookie premium in like case hit. It's like has a bunch of fireworks in the background. But my best hit, I wasn't even awake for. The break didn't start until like 12. And I was like, dude, I just can't stay up. I just can't stay up for this. And uh, I woke up at like 6 o'clock in the morning, and I had like a ton of messages. Congratulations, congratulations. I'm like, what did I hit? Because I had the Colts, I had the Browns, and I had the Texans. Lo and behold, shout out to my guys at Bridgeport Hobby. We hit the number one chase card in the product. In the CJ Stroud rookie downtown, that one just recently sold for $4,050. Shout out to Donners. $4,050, Joe. The best card that I ever pulled, I sold for eight hundred dollars two days later. <laughs> my 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 best pull before this was a Jude Bellingham Topps Chrome Orange True Refractor rookie, and it was uh like when soccer was getting really really hot and everything, and Jude was like the best rookie. I sold it for twenty seven hundred dollars. Um. Well, in the break, the Texans were $450, the Colts were $300, 
or three thirty, and the Browns were like sixty bucks. So that's what four fifty seven eighty. Just say nine hundred bucks. And this doesn't always happen. I've never gotten this lucky. But nine hundred dollars in one break to four thousand dollars. And that is gambling in a nutshell. This is insane. <laughs> yeah. And now everybody wonders why I don't sport gamble on like DraftKings and stuff. It's because I do this. And I lose more than I win, but it's okay. I still get something in return. So that one's already in a slab mag. I ordered a gold slab mag right off their website. Uh, not sure when it's going to be here, but I know it shipped. That's going to be for my uh, Super Fractor Mego Cabrera. So I'm excited to get that in. They they come pretty quick. Um, this is not a paid promotion. But if Slab Mags, if you want to, let us know. But uh, <laughs> I love Slab Mags. Love Slab Mags. I have a lot of a lot of stuff in Slab Mags. Like, um, so one cool thing is they have those in, they have the inserts for the mag cards and everything. And um, I got a blue one that matches the platinum on this and then did the black slab mag. And I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah. It, it's a lot different than uh, like the orange and the white that I usually do. So I thought it was really cool. But I remember at the show when you bought that, you immediately put it in an orange slab mag. <laughs> I, did. I did. I did do that. So... We kind of hit on the Babe Ruth already, but I want to go circle back to it. That is the largest non-Hannes Wagner, non-Mickey Mantle sale ever. Third largest sports card sale ever. And that is a big deal. Is that the most expensive Babe Ruth sale? I'd assume so. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. How do you, from one, you said one penny to $7 million. Yep. Shout out Babe Ruth, you know. <laughs> That's absolutely insane. So me, elaborate on it for me a little bit. So it like literally it was a cutout card from a newspaper. Like was it guaranteed in every newspaper that you bought or he just so lucky enough had happened to got Babe Ruth? That's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. Because I know you do more baseball than I do. So I bleed baseball. As a matter of fact, um, I, I did playing. Uh, I did sport wise until I blew out my arm. I haven't thrown a ball in like three years since. I am actively looking um, for anybody that would like to help. I'm actively looking for somebody to come on later this month and have a full episode covering vintage baseball. It's something I'm very passionate about. Got into collecting. Uh, more so in the last year. And I would love to do a full uh, episode talking about vintage baseball. So anybody that wants to be on here that is knowledgeable in that arena, feel welcome to hit us in the DM at Great Sports Card Pod. Please do. And I would love to be uh, in attendance to learn more because I know very little, but I love vintage. It gets my blood pumping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, when you can turn a penny into seven million dollars, that uh, <laughs> I get blood rushing pretty, pretty, pretty good. 
I would say. So, Top's Inception is coming out soon. Um, I think it released today. Did it? I, that I would think make so. Sense. I saw. I think I saw a lot of people ripping it today. Awesome. So, or it, having an early look. I don't. I. I have no idea. I know stuff comes out on Wednesdays and Fridays, so it could have come out today. Um, Top's Inception is having something new called First Milestones. And what this is, it's an RPA with a piece of the base from when they got their first hit. And the, what Tops is saying is they get the ball and you get the base. And they're numbered to 99. So not not super short print, but an, enough where I feel like it can be an attainable card for somebody who wants to collect that player. You know, with the MLB debut patch, there's one of those. This... It's a little bit different. You can have a piece of it because there's $99. So there's, or not $99, 99 of them. So there might be more wiggle room dollar wise. So uh, I thought that, I think that that's very cool. What, what Thompson fanatics are doing with these relics from specific things that matter. You know, we've seen this with Otani, the debut. And now this I think is insanely cool. And not only that, but, it's not just something that was worn on a jersey. To me, it's really cool that it's a base. Like, I like the stuff that's weird. I like, uh, I have a Miguel Cabrera bat relic. I have a button. Um, So I like that weird stuff, like the cleats, the balls, you know, the stuff like that. So I want to hear your thoughts on it now that I rambled on. <laughs> um, I think Tops and Fanatics is absolutely killing it. I mean, this is, it's bringing you one closer to the game. I mean... Like you said, there's only one MLB debut patch. So you're going to have, I mean, I'm seeing guys sell for freaking thousands of dollars and I have no idea who they are. Let alone like, what's the Matt McLean going to do? What's the Ellie going to do? I mean, we're talking probably 50 to 100 grand. I mean, it, it will sell for a ton of money. It will sell for just like, the Brock Purdy Flawless Shield just sold for like 80K. Imagine a game-worn MLB debut patch of Ellie De La Cruz when he's hitting 330 next year and has 10 home runs. I mean, it's going to go absolutely insane. Now, I think the base is also cool, and I'll tell um I'll tell you why. Not just them touch that base. Say they played the Tigers and Miguel Cabrera got a hit. Miggy, Miggy touched that bag too. Like that's something to me that like maybe collectors should like look into because you have no idea who all reached base that game because I don't think it, they immediately just took the bag out. You know what I mean? They probably waited until the game was over and then cut it up. Like they did it with uh, Ellie. Ellie's first stolen base, I think, or first hit, they cut up. And put in tops now cards. Those have yet they release, but they've yet to be like shipped or delivered to anybody yet. But I think that is super cool. And like tops and fanatics are just doing things that this hobby hasn't seen in a very long time. And I'm here for it because I just cannot like they're already killing it with the game used patches for top uh, like baseball and everything. Just wait until they get football licensing. Imagine a game-worn, like, finally getting a game-worn patch of Joe Burrow. 
Imagine finally getting a game-worn patch of Trevor Lawrence. Imagine getting a game-worn patch right now of probably the hottest player in football in C.J. Stroud. I mean, those cards are going to sell for a ton of money because game-use patches bring collectors closer to the game, and I think companies don't understand that except fanatics because of their, their memorabilia side and everything. They know how much that means to collectors. Absolutely. So um, I don't know how this timeline would line up, but imagine Arch Manning coming in, having a debut patch on his jersey, and then they put that into a card. Imagine what that would do, knowing what so his cards are doing right Arch now. is a Panini exclusive, unless he breaks that deal. He is unless, a Panini exclusive athlete. Now, yeah, they yeah. could do something like that, but guarantee Fanatics would not let that slide. But say like, um, yeah, just say Caleb Williams or Marv, what their debut, like if they get a debut jersey patch. Imagine what that would do. Because like, I'm, I'm a big believer in it. And let me see what game it's, I think it's this one. Um, yeah. I have Jarvis's game debut, NFL debut ticket stub when he uh, as a rookie with the Dolphins. I have his first touchdown uh, ticket, and I have his first game as a Cleveland Brown, which is also Nick Chubb's debut and his first touchdown as a Brown. It's like really I love that stuff. Now imagine being able to buy. Uh, Jarvis Landry's first rookie game used jersey patch for myself. I mean, I'd be all over it. Yeah. Like uh, like Ryan said, if Donnie Nicky had a debut patch that he wore in his very first game, he would sell a lot of stuff to make sure he got it. So now moving on to Corbin Carroll is collecting cards of himself. Um, I'm going to give my thoughts on it first. As long as he's not keeping cards, which I'm sure fanatics wouldn't let that happen, then I'm all for it. Because these athletes collecting cards is only good for the hobby because that their fans are going to see them doing that. They're going to be like, I want one if he's got one. And then it's going to grow the hobby. He's going to get more people into it. Yeah, I think it's super cool, and I think one thing that also helped Corbin getting into the hobby is his teammate Evan Longoria. Evan's been a known card collector for a very long time, and he's a super cool dude. Um, I've He's liked a couple of my posts on Instagram on some cards that I've had, and it, it's just super cool. Like, seeing your – like, I met Todd Frazier in Chicago – Literally was just right before he started signing was rocking, walking around the show floor. And I looked over to my dad and I was like, dude, that's Todd Frazier. So he stopped at our table and we're like, what's up, Todd? And he's like, what's up? And then we started talking about collecting. He collects like there's a bunch of these guys that like collect that we have no idea of yet. And it's super cool because like. It's just unheard of. Like, like if you're seeing your. At your favorite athlete collects sports cards. <laughs> you, you're you're gonna be intrigued, and you're like, well, if he's collecting, 
collecting it. Why can't I collect it? Or why don't I collect it? So, like, I think that's super cool. Now, the, like, keeping card scenario, um, that would suck, but I don't think really anybody can do anybody from, like, from stopping them. Because all in all, this is a well-known thing in the hobby. Giannis keeps all of his 101s and jersey numbered autos and patches and all that stuff that he gets sent. I didn't know if you knew that, but like it's a known thing that he keeps all of his stuff because he collects cards. Like he did an inter a famous interview after a game. I think it was after a playoff game. And he was like, yeah, I got this Bobby Portis prism rookie card. And I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. And he was like, like this who, is going to be my love, retirement. <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't love seeing like their favorite athlete collect cards of like their favorite athlete or their teammates or themselves. Like Todd Frazier collects all of his one-on-ones. He said he has like 34 of them. Like that's just super cool to me. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's extremely cool. Mike Trout collects cards. Um, for sure. Yeah. I know he has a couple he, of he's autographs big. with Griffey. <laughs> yeah, he's big into collecting and everything. Um, and then like Nestor Cortez does. Like uh Bridgeport did a TikTok on them, uh, on Nestor Cortez. Like they sold him wax when he was in Chicago and got to watch him rip it. Like that that stuff to me is just so cool. Yeah. Um, I had, uh, I have an Austin Jackson, um, triple threads, one of one uh, autograph patch. And, um, I posted it one day and he liked it. And that was the coolest thing ever. I don't know if he, he was or not, but he acknowledged the fact that I had his one of one, his second year, one of one. Yeah. Lee, Liam, Lee, uh, Lee, Lee autographs for on IG. Um, he super collects Brandon Phillips. And Brandon knows that and they talk all the time about it. And I like stuff like that's just so <laughs> cool. Especially like that. for me, grow, yeah, growing up as a Reds fan, Brandon Phillips is my favorite baseball player. Like that stuff to me, like I do anything to have like that conversation with like a player because I collect their stuff. Like I had a little conversation with a DTR when he got hurt. He liked my story and then messaged me and we had a little conversation from that, but like nothing crazy, but like that stuff to me is just so cool. I used to, I used to talk a little bit to Willie Castro when he was on the Tigers. I've messaged him every once in a while and he would, we would talk back and forth for a little bit. And every time I posted one of his cards, he would like it. And he actually collects cards too of himself. Um, but then he went to Minnesota and we don't talk anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> so jackson shiro signed an eight-year 80 million dollar contract with the milwaukee brewers without even playing in the mlb so what are your thoughts on that we'll start seeing that a lot more i think these young guys like trying to like I think the Reds were dumb for not trying to extend Ellie De La Cruz this offseason when they could while he was cheap. Because you got to think, 
I know stuff came out and everything, and but like at the time, Wander Franco was the next sensation, and they got him for ten years, one hundred and eighty mil, or something like that. That was dirt cheap because Acuna's getting paid like three hundred and some million dollars. Like Wander Franco was up there with Acuna, and he was getting paid one hundred and eighty mil for ten years. Like, why aren't you locking these young guys up sooner? Because you'll be able to contend longer and be able to bring in more people because they're cheap. You're they're on a cheap contract. Um, so I, I truly think you'll start seeing it more and more with like the generational type prospects. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if like this offseason or next offseason, we see Jackson Holiday signs a 10-year, $200 million contract after he wins Rookie of the Year because he hit 330. Like, I, I just wouldn't be shocked. It, it's just, I think it's something people, like, um, small market teams especially need to take advantage of. Yeah, um, I think it's great because uh, there's a big problem with these minor league guys not getting paid very much and this will definitely help that and it'll help balance out the mlb which is very imbalanced in my opinion it seems like it is during the season but then uh you get to the playoffs and then teams like the rangers win so or <laughs> when you expect the dodgers to go and destroy everybody and the braves to go and destroy everybody the teams like the rangers and diamondbacks are the teams that end up playing in the World Series, it seems like almost every year. So that's that part of it's good, but um, it definitely needs some more balance in the MLB. And this will help bring that. So Otani is likely going to be signing soon. I've read a report that he likely will be signing soon. Um, so I want to do fun fun spots where he can land realistic spots and then the best spot for the hobby um so the i mean i couldn't think of a more fun spot than in cincinnati just because i'm red that's mine too pretty fun (laughs) that'd be pretty fun um realistically um he wants to play with uh somebody that he played with during the world baseball classic is that was one of his big preferences. Um, so the first team that comes into mind is St. Louis with, um, uh, Newt bar Lars, um, who is a stud in and of himself. Um, another team that comes to mind is San Diego with you Darvish. Um, realistically, I think he ends up in St. Louis or Toronto. I think those are the two teams that are probably the most realistic. Uh, um, obviously, the best for the hobby is just whatever big market team shills up the most amount of money to get him. Like, if a, if the Yankees just offered him $800 million, like, it's best for the hobby because his cards would go through the roof because they're such a big market team. Or if he goes to L.A., big market team, um, or the Dodgers, I should say, I mean, because the Angels are a poverty franchise. Um, I know a bunch about that. Trust me, I'm a Browns fan. So, 
Um, I, I think those are probably my likely destinations. So like, I'll just recap it realistically, the Cardinals, uh, fun Cincinnati best for cards, big markets. So my fun spot is Cincinnati as well. Um, I think that they're on the brink of being a contending team and they need a little nudge. And I think Otani would definitely be that nudge. And I obviously anywhere he goes, he's going to be the man, but he would be the man in Cincinnati. Um, and I think Ellie De La Cruz and Otani on the same freaking team would be incredible. Um, and then my realistic spot is the Detroit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think realistically, I think he stays in Anaheim. I think, or not Anaheim. Um, I think he stays with the angels yeah, realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, um, he's got roots there. He's Mike Trout staying. I think that he's going to end up just staying home. And then, um, the best spot for the hobby. I think I disagree with you. I think I agree with you. Um, the big market teams, I don't want them to go there because I just said I want baseball to be balanced. I want them to either uh, stay stay with the Angels um, or go to go to one of the realistic teams that you said. I think him being on the in Toronto or being with the Cardinals would help balance out baseball. Yeah, it would be really cool if he came to the Reds. Uh, they won't fork out any money. They never do. Um, so, I mean, that would be fun, especially with the young core that we have. Um, it would be abs- – baseball would be electric and fun again, I think. Um, so, honestly, uh, hit, the best for cards might also be Cincinnati, if you think about it, with how electric that team would be. Granted, he can't pitch right away, but like imagine your leadoff hitter is Ellie De La Cruz, your number two hitter is Matt McLean, and your three hole is Shohei Otani. And then your four hole is a mix of Spencer Steer, Encarnacion Strand, and Tyler Stevenson. I would I if I was a major league pitcher, I wouldn't want to face that at all. It's not that doesn't sound fun at all. But I mean, realistically, like it would be best for cards if he went to uh electric young team because it would just boost it would make baseball fun to watch again. I remember last year, um, it seemed like every day I was scrolling on Instagram and I would see an Ellie De La Cruz highlight. So they love posting the Reds anyway. So if Shohei Otani went there they might turn into a big market team. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason why they love posting Ellie is because he's a 6'6", 180-pound freak show who is the fastest man in baseball and throws the ball 100-plus miles per hour across the diamond and hits 480-foot tanks at 6'6", 180 pounds. I mean, that's just absolutely outrageous. Who wins in a 100-meter dash, Tyreek Hill or Ellie De La Cruz? Ellie. There's longer legs, man. Fair enough. Covers way more ground. Prism basketball is we got our we've got the first look. Um I saw it on Pac-Man. I saw it on his uh Instagram page. It's coming with 
new parallels and new inserts. Um, President Football also releases um, the 21st, 20th. I have not heard any buzz about that, which is crazy. Yeah, it's uh, let me look at my calendar. Um, it, it, I'm, I'd assume it's the 20th or the 22nd. Um, it, as of right now, it could get pushed back. I mean, we know how Panini loves to do that, but, um, yeah, imagine prism golds of Wimby and CJ Stroud, the two hottest players in the market who don't have autos. Just imagine. I will be in the play for a CJ Stroud gold prism. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I will be trying to uh, be in contention for one. Um, I think he is just absolutely phenomenal. But, like, same with Wimby. Um, A couple of the parallels that they have coming in, like the snakeskin, we've seen that in football for a while. Um, Fractal, uh, I mean, that's kind of like the blue ices, I would assume, would probably be pretty close. But, like, the kaleidoscopic – they had that as a case hit in mosaic. So I don't know if that's like a parallel or if it's going to be like a case hit in prism. From what I, from what I saw, it looked like it was going to be like a case hit kind of thing. Cause it looked like okay. it's an insert. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Then uh, that's one thing I wish Panini would do is make case hits and the inserts compatible for both sports, like a red wave and football prism is to 149 and basketball it's not numbered orange wave is 199 and an orange wave and football is 60 like just make it compatible but yeah. like um the prism mania don't know anything about that um the white prism seems pretty cool um we all we've gotten that and like select and everything so i think that would look really good um i'm guessing prism mania would probably be another case hit insert type thing yeah um i didn't get to see the uh um the uh, like little drop so um i will shut up and let you, you talk about it while i go look at the design so this is what the Prismania looks like on uh, Pac-Man's Instagram. I'm trying to line it up with the camera. There we go. Looks like um, it kind of looks like a cartoon. cartoon. Yeah, like a character, a character, character. How do you, however you say that word that they do <laughs> on like the boardwalks and stuff? They make pictures of you and stuff. Caricature mm -hmm. something. Yeah, the, roast me in the comments. All all you guys want. <laughs> That would be a good thing because they're commenting. <laughs> um, so personally, Shout out to my dad for being the only comment last week. <laughs> um, personally, I'm not a big fan of the Prismania thing. I'm mm -mm. all all the short print case hit type things sell, so I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll do great. Um, the kaleidoscopic is nasty. That looks yeah. I was sick. just about to say that. That looks absolutely sick. The fractal, I mean, just looks like an emergent uh, insert. So, like, that does nothing for me. But the kaleidoscopic insert, like, they have it, like, with the mojo design right here with Jason Tatum. I mean, that's disgusting. Yeah. That's super sick looking. I also like the design this year, but it's also, the I think, the same design as football. 
So, so <laughs> pretty cool. How do you expect the Chet sales and the Wimbanyama sales to compare with Chet's already being out for a year? Uh, Wimby, Wimby's 1000% going to be the hot, uh, hotter. Um, just because like Chet has autos, Wimby doesn't. I think that's what one thing a lot of people are underestimating in the market now is like a lot of these guys just don't have autos. Like in my head, I think $4,000 for a CJ Stroud downtown is absolutely ridiculous, but he doesn't have autos. What's the best card you're going to get? A downtown, a kaboom, a color blast. That's all you're going to get. His prism gold, his prism black finite. Like though, those are going to be his best cards. He's not going to have any autos. So you're going to see like the first downtown sold for $4,000. What does the first kaboom do? Six. I mean, it's going to be absolutely insane. I think I think Wimby one thousand percent outsells Chet by a good amount because of the no, the auto factor. Yep, I agree with that. Um, had Chet had Chet's cards been this year, and Chet had no autos, theoretically, Simon Fanatics, theoretically, how do you think the sales would compare? I think Wimby's well, Wimby, Wimby's Wimby probably stills outsells him. That would be my guess too. But I think the margin. Yeah, there's just so much hype behind Wimby, and like Chet's kind of already living up to it, and Wimby kind of is, but he still hasn't hit the peak. Like Wimby is. Just imagine when Wimby finally learns how to play American basketball. I I don't want to watch it. Like I don't want to be an opposing team going against that because he's still wet behind the ears when it comes to American basketball. It's yeah. the, the game. The game. Everybody wants to talk about the game's not that different. Luca's even said it, and Wimby's even said it. Overseas, it's way harder. Just wait. Just wait until he can actually like do like learns what he can do and what he can't do. It's just it'll be fun to watch. Yep, I agree with that. So, last topic of discussion: Kobe's. Last road game uniform, his second to last uniform ever worn, is going to auction. We don't talk a lot about that sort of stuff on here, but I saw that, and that's too cool not to bring up. That is his last jersey. That is the iconic Laker purple that I'm wearing right now. Um, What do you expect something like that to pull? I don't know. Um, just because of how crazy um, the Kobe collectors are, uh, it's going to sell for a lot of money. Um, Well-deserved as well. Um, I'd, as I'd assume probably closer to the m millions, I would say. I, th I think it's going to be one of the biggest jersey sales we've ever seen. I agree with that. And it, it is the shirt and the shorts too. Um oh, so it's like the full get up. Like yeah. jersey, warm up suit, 
and then his shorts. Uh, I don't know if it's the warm-up suit. Okay, I know but jer jersey and then shorts. Yes. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Okay. Yep, it's just yeah, the jersey that, and the shorts. Yeah, that'll be crazy. Yeah. I was... My brain didn't comprehend um, it going over a million. I'm sure it will. Like you said, I I 100% agree with you. Um, I have no idea what that'll sell for. When it does sell, we will talk about it again. But uh, I had to bring up bring up that because of how insanely cool it is. Because no one will ever sniff his last uniform. Because if his family, for some reason, decides to give it up, it will 100% go to the Basketball Hall of Fame if it's not already there, where it belongs. Um, After him scoring 60 in his last game, yeah, that's, that's not going anywhere. Yeah. All right, so we hit every single topic of discussion. If there's anything you want to add real quick, go ahead. Um... I think we're all good, man. I think we're good. All right. So if you haven't listened to our bonus with Brad, um, go ahead and give that a listen. It was uploaded last night at a weird time. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday. It was uploaded Monday at like 6 p.m. So if you YouTube have a video will drop Wednesday, uh, tomorrow. So Wednesday um, at the time of recording. So there we go. Um. So make sure you give that YouTube video uh, a watch and give that podcast a listen. We appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who is listening on Spotify and watching on YouTube. We appreciate you, and we will see you next week. Yes, sir.